If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today on Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, I'm discussing Masters of the Universe from 1987. I'll discuss the plot of the movie and share some of the points on the score. I hope you enjoy it, and it starts now. I am your host, Randy Andrews, and today I'll be sharing thoughts on Masters of the Universe from 1987. Yes, this is the one you might have thought about. Dolph Lundgren, Franklin Gella, horrible merging of He-Man and technology along with modern-day senses. Oh, and lest we forget, a young Robert Duncan McNeil, Lieutenant Tom Paris of Star Trek Voyager, along with Bill Barty, and Courtney Cox before her friend's outing. This film was directed by Gary Goddard, and it isn't well-received by most film critics. The score was done by Bill Conti. Yes, Bill Conti of Rocky fame. What is the plot of this He-Man live-action film? When evil Skeletor, who is played by Franklin Gella, finds a mysterious power called the Cosmic Key, he, he becomes nearly invincible. However, courageous warrior He-Man, who is Dolph Lundgren, locates inventor Gwendolyn, who created the key and has another version of it. During the battle, one of the keys is transported to Earth, where it's found by teenagers Julie and Kevin. Now both He-Man and Skeletor's forces arrive on Earth searching for the potent weapon. So with the score being by Bill Conti, you might think that it isn't that great, considering it's a science fiction fantasy film. But the score is actually really, really good. One of the best decisions the producers Manaheim Golan and Joran Globus made was to hire Bill Conti to compose the score, although best known for films like Rocky and for his disco and funk-infused works in the 70s and 80s, Conti's background as a classically trained orchestral composer and that aspect of his musical personality shines through here. Masters of the Universe is Bill Conti's Star Wars, a fully orchestral space adventure overflowing with memorable character themes and rambunctious action sequences. It was recorded mostly in Germany by the Gronk Orchestra of Munich under the baton of Harry Rabinowitz, but parts of it were completed by piecemeal by other orchestras and other conductors in London and Budapest when it became apparent that the German orchestra simply couldn't handle Conti's massive blood and thunder score. The final soundtrack is a Frankenstein score, which Conti and his mixer Dan Wellen splice together from multiple different takes. Despite this less than ideal scenario, Conti's music is still, on the whole, quite fantastic. He took a lead from John Williams, and he based his music around a central cache of reoccurring motif character themes. 
There's one for He-Man, Skeletor, Evil Lynn, even Eternia and the Cosmic Key, and one for Julian, her relationship with her memory of her dead mother. Such themes reoccur during different parts of the film. Most of them are actually introduced in the opening cue, which is main title, An Eternia Besieged. Now, He-Man's theme is the very first thing you hear, and it's spectacular with a flurry of strings and a resounding fanfare for epic brass. The second theme, representing Eternia itself and the Cosmic Key, appears both as a heroic and swelling pitch of a strings and with punchy brass, but its notable renditions actually come later in the score. There's even a dark, descending brass motif for Skeletor that's surrounded by the mass of Gustav Holtz-inspired rhythmic figures for horns and percussion. As the cues progress, it presents these core themes over and over again. Now, action is the centerpiece of the score, and Conti's credit that he crafts the most exciting and energetic action sequences in his entire career. It's from a fantasy heritage, and the music is optimistic and positive almost throughout, and there's virtually no dead air or filler. Throughout the score, Conti is either playing a theme, alluding to a theme, or bridging a gap between themes with interesting textures and touches. In cue after cue, he lets his writing run rampant with enormous brass explosions, swirling strings, darting woodwinds, thunderous percussion, and unusual metallic wooden sound effects, keeping the music lively and fun. I think it's really interesting with there's one cue called Quiet Escape that has clanging anvils heard throughout it, as well as an enormous and magical orchestral statement for the cosmic key, which stands several frantic statements in He-Man's theme, that's underpinned by scintillating string runs. Now, Battle for the Gym is the first of several sensational action set pieces written to accompany the scene where four of Skeletor's mercenaries, including the popular Beastman, attack Julie and Kevin in their high school gym before they're saved by He-Man. Conti builds the piece around the marvelous undulating 10-note action rhythm for brass and then layers uh, the rest of the orchestra thick and fast over the top of it. It's just brilliant. Later, there's a cue called Centurion Attack that continues this action style, punctuated with bombastic statements of both He-Man's theme and Skeletor's theme, while Skeletor the Destroyer showcases a militaristic variation of Skeletor's theme and heralds the intergalactic warlord's incongruous arrival in suburban L.A., sitting on a vehicle that is a half-tank, half-chariot. To counterbalance the action, the opening moments of a cue called Earthly Encounter feature a nostalgic, sentimental statement from the Eternia theme, for oboes and searching strings that's quite lovely and uh, serene, before it becomes much darker and more menacing through several statements of Skeletor's theme. Then you have Evil Lynn and her deceptive theme dealing with treachery as the emotion of what Skeletor's second-in-command betrays Julie into thinking that she's her mother. Now, Conti underscores this with fake, pretty woodwind textures and the statement of the Eternia theme before the terrible truth is revealed. Now, there's another theme called Transformation of Skeletor, and it's bold, but it's an ominous piece that builds as it progresses gradually, ascending through the scales and adding layer upon layer of increasingly bombastic orchestration to underscore the scene where Skeletor finally harnesses the power of Grayskull for himself in order to become omnipotent and all-powerful. It's interesting to note, though, that the orchestrations here, especially the unexpected affluent trumpets and light chimes, it includes hooting woodwinds, 
down in the mix. And this may reflect some of the influence from Leonard Roseman's score for Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. And it has a similar sound. After another spectacular action sequence with After Them, everything comes to a head with the power of Grayskull. That's the climactic final conflict between He-Man and Skeletor for the fate of the universe, in which both He-Man's theme and Skeletor's theme battle for musical supremacy as their characters do the same. Then it starts to close out the theme by giving us a a moment to breathe with a sigh of relief with Good Journey, and it gives us this gentle flute performance for the Sorceress's theme. And it also provides a warm performance of He-Man's theme. So it finally comes out with the ending of the whole score with He-Man Victorious and End Titles that provides the reprise of all the score's main thematic ideas played to their fullest and most glorious. Now one drawback might be that the score doesn't include any references from the cartoon show, from the cartoon theme of the 1980s. But it's still Bill Conti's best score, and listening to this score in depth has just solidified that opinion further. Of course, it helps that bold fantasy action scores always appeal to me and people that I (laughs) tend to group with, uh, because it's got such a great deal of impressive orchestral moments uh, that really fill my heart with joy knowing that it's a wonderful score. So I've got a few suites of music I'd like to share with you today. First, I'd like to play main title, Eternia Besieged, Battle at the Gem, and It's Them, Centurion Attack. So I hope you enjoy these.
Next, I'll play Skeletor, the Destroyer, Earthly Encounter, and the Transformation of Skeletor. I really love how Bill Conti increases the enjoyment of the music and action for these pieces, and I hope you enjoy these.
Now sadly, we've come down to another end of Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. I'd like to thank Alexander Shebel for composing my theme music. You can find his work at xanderscores.com. To close out the show, I'd like to play the ending cues for the film. So I'll play After Them, The Power of Grayskull, Good Journey, and He-Man, Victorious, and End Titles. I think this has shown that Bill Conti can do some excellent writing for big action pieces and isn't confined by just doing drama or other types of movies. I think these ending cues really are fantastic, and I feel that it should have went over better, but at least we got an excellent score out of the deal. You can find me through my site, SoundtrackAlley.net, find me through social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and definitely email me at SoundtrackAlley at Yahoo.com. So until next time, which will be another revisit for Forbidden Planet, happy listening.